Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. The Wendigo is gaunt to the point of emaciation, its desiccated skin pulled tightly over its bones. With its bones pushing out against its skin, its complexion, the ash grave death, and its eyes push back deep into their sockets. The Wendigo looked like a gaunt skeleton recently disinterred from the grave. What lips it had were tattered and bloody. Unclean and suffering from the separations of the flesh, the Wendigo gave off a strange and eerie odor of decay and decomposition, of death and corruption. Basil Johnston Welcome back to another Horror Shots podcast. My name is Casey, and there is some stuff I've got to get out of the way before we begin this episode, which you might have guessed by now is all about Wendigos. As always, I want to thank you for listening, and your support does mean everything to me. If you'd like to show your support by helping me keep the lights on in you know, a little more monetary ways, feel free to become a patron on my Patreon page at patreon.com slash horrorshots. Also, don't forget to check out my website at horrorshotsblog.wordpress.com for some posts and pictures of the creepy variety. Now, that that's out of the way, we can get on to this week's episode, which I must apologize for in advance, is a little on the short end. Now, you may or may not have heard of these elusive creatures, the Wendigo. But if you have, you know the basic media interpretation of them as being beastly in nature with all kinds of supernatural powers and abilities. Of course, fiction and entertainment will embellish traits of these creatures to sell the audience on their creepiness or whatever they're trying to sell. Now, for those of you who have no idea what a Wendigo is, I can tell you that they're not fun creatures to come across, and we'll explore why very, very shortly. As you might have guessed from Basil Johnson's intro, Johnston being a Ojibwe teacher from right here in Ontario, where I'm from, these creatures are gnarly, to say the least. They do have their origins in the native belief system as well. The creature itself has been reported in all corners of North America, with its legend spreading from Aboriginal group to Aboriginal group. Of course, when legends such as the Wendigo spread, it's often difficult to find the origin. However, one thing can generally be agreed upon, and that the word Wendigo can be translated roughly into the evil spirit that devours mankind. Sounds like something Clive Barker would write. But wait, evil spirits? What Johnston describes doesn't sound like a creature. Rather, it sounds more like a beast, and it doesn't really sound like a spirit either, does it? So what is it? Is it a beast, or is it a spirit? Well, why can't it be both? In my research into the topic, I found accounts of both man and monster having traits attributed to the Wendigo. So why can't it be a beast whose spirit never truly dies? Based on the accounts throughout time, there just can't be one Wendigo. So perhaps one of its abilities is to transfer its soul once killed or dying into a human. To poison their mind, perhaps. This is just a theory, of course, but all good investigations need some kind of thesis, especially when looking into a long-established legend such as this. But more onto the facts. What do we know for certain? It's likely their origins lie within the Algonquin culture. 
These are people that have inhabited the East Coast and Great Lakes area of North America for a very long time. However, the Iroquois were also telling tales of such beasts in their community as well. Once again, I have to touch on the fact that there must be some truth to these stories. When two, if not more, completely separate groups of people are describing roughly the same impossible thing, without even possibly communicating about it, there's got to be some truth to it. So when eyewitnesses have similar stories without having time to collude, it generally lends credence to the testimony. The Windagog, the plural term for these creatures, are said to have an insatiable hunger for human flesh, as if they can't get enough. Which also brings me back to the translation of one who devours mankind. Perhaps it's even more literal than that. Maybe it means to literally devour mankind, not just their souls, or ruin the race in some way, shape, or form. It's something to think about anyway. According to the Algonquin, the physical traits of the Wendigo vary slightly, but they often describe very large creatures standing upwards of 14 feet tall, but are quite thin with long, spindly limbs. On top of that, they have long yellow fangs equipped with a long tongue and glowing eyes. Some say their skin is tight and leathery, others say it has a layer of matted fur upon it. The latter of that description, about the skin or fur, could be chalked down to a couple of things. First, it could be seasonal sightings. Perhaps it's winter when it's spotted, so evolution kicks in and says, Hey, you need to keep warm. You're all emaciated and crap, so let's give you some fur. Maybe it's in the middle of shedding, and you never know, it's growing hair again. And maybe in warmer climates, again, evolution takes its place, and it doesn't need the fur. So it's just skin. It's just a little observation I've had, and I think that could explain one or two of the varying degrees of its appearance. But where does the origin of the Wendigo come from? It's a common belief that when a person resorts to cannibalism, that they are consumed by evil spirits and thus turned into flesh-maddened monsters. But then why doesn't every cannibal turn? Jeffrey Dahmer comes to mind. Perhaps a belief in the curse is needed. A few different magics from around the world do require a belief in order for it to work. If the recipient of the curse or spell doesn't believe in the magic, it simply won't work. Voodoo comes to mind. That could very likely be the case here. It would also explain the lack of Wendigo sightings in recent history. Not many people believe in spirits and monsters nowadays, so the power of the Wendigo is waning. Or maybe there just aren't many cannibals out there. I like to think the latter is true. Now let's get to why you've truly come here. Real life stories. Though I mentioned prior, it's difficult to find recent stories of such ancient legends, but that doesn't mean I can't tell you about what I've found dating back more than 100 years. Perhaps the most, if not only, notable one comes from the Cree tribe in northwestern Ontario in 1907. A man by the name of Jack Fiddler told a priest that he had the ability to hunt and kill Wendigos. He claimed to have killed 14 people before they turned, and that's important. Despite his case for killing these people before they turned, potentially saving hundreds of lives, he and his brother Joseph were arrested for the murder of a woman, and that's naturally the case when you kill 14 people, beliefs or no beliefs. Depending on which side of the fence you stand, this could lend credibility to the existence of these beasts, or disproves them as ramblings of a sick old man. The choice is yours. Speaking of choices, I know there are a lot of podcasts out there, and choosing one to listen to can be a huge pain in the ass. 
Well, when you're done with mine, I highly encourage you to check out the Spoop Hour podcast. Spoop Hour, you say? What's that? Well, it's a very good question. The Spoop Hour cast features Courtney and Sasha giving their take on some creepy stuff. They have a lot of fun, and their banter is, dare I say, legendary. See what I did there? Monsters, legends. Never mind. Check out the Spoop Hour cast at spoophour.podbean.com or on iTunes or even Podknife. Or even follow them on Twitter or Instagram at Spoop Hour. After all, who doesn't like to be spooped? Now, where was I? Oh, right, yes, the Wendigo. Finding any sort of credible story that isn't on Reddit, no sleep, or creepypasta is tough. My contacts in the native community sadly aren't quite what they should be, so finding first-hand legitimate stories on encounters is incredibly hard, especially for a legend somewhat obscure like this one here. The story of Jack Fiddler is one that many people cite as a case of Wendigo psychosis, where a person believes that they have to eat human flesh or that others have to. In fact, this is a term that was used ba- way back in 1661 in the Jesuit Relations, which wrote about it when referring to cannibals and cannibalism. Another story comes from 1878 involving the Plains Cree tribe in Alberta. A man by the name of Swift Runner reportedly butchered and ate his entire family consisting of his wife and five children. Reports suggest that they were starving and roughly 25 miles away from emergency supplies. Being so close to food, granted 25 miles back then, on foot or horseback, isn't necessarily close considering it was winter. It was strange for him to commit such a heinous act, which is true. Um, Despite starving, you still don't generally want to eat your family. But to each their own. This led many to believe that he didn't resort to cannibalism due to his situation, but rather he had been suffering from the Wendigo psychosis. One last major theory about the origins of the Wendigo is that it's nothing more than a boogeyman tale to scare children. Don't eat and kill people, or you'll turn into the Wendigo and be trapped for all of time. That's the simplest explanation really, but then why was it a shared description across various peoples and cultures? I'm sorry, but I have to come back to that, and that also leads to me sort of wrapping up here. While there isn't much empirical evidence to support the claims of the Wendigo, it's not completely unlikely a beast or something like that did exist at one point. Perhaps a large creature was mistaken for a bear or a wolf. It wouldn't be the first time in history a cryptid turned out to be something else. I'm looking at you, Sasquatch. Furthermore, it could very well be a scenario of happenstance. Somebody in the village killed and ate somebody, and for fear of punishment, he fled, and a few days later, a large wolf was spotted. Naturally, given any superstitious beliefs that may be present, the conclusion is a Wendigo. After a case of broken telephone, why can't this legend have bearing in the real world? We know there are cannibals out there, that's not a secret. Maybe they weren't always as such with the urge and desire to consume human flesh. Maybe, just maybe, they became possessed by a malevolent spirit. After all, there are plenty of things in this world that are unexplained, and mental illness is one of those things we're still learning a lot about. Even if we have come huge leaps and bounds since the early days of demonic possession and the such, we're still learning. This legend is one I have a hard time dismissing, if I'm honest. Sure, it sounds completely absurd, but it has my interest peaked. And maybe one day I'll revisit it with more evidence and even a first-hand account or two from somebody within the native community. Now, I do apologize again for the shortness of this cast. I haven't had much time lately, along with personal things. I've messed up my back and my knee and my shoulder. 
In other words, I'm getting old, so I haven't really had the energy to fully commit to the research these casts take. With that said, I do want to thank you for sticking with me and checking out the Spoop Hour podcast as well. If you have any questions, comments, or stories, feel free to contact me through my website at horrorshotsblog.wordpress.com. Until next time, where I will be looking more into the history of demons. You may have seen that on my RSS feed already about a year ago, maybe a little more, but I'm going to go into it again, and I'm going to focus on specific demons, and that's going to be a series. I'm not sure how long it's going to take or how long it'll take to wrap up. Maybe it'll be an ongoing thing until I can find some more firsthand accounts of stories, and that's where you come in. So please, keep listening, and thank you once again for checking out the Horror Shots podcast.